sitting down for an afternoon snack this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Gentlemen, welcome to the 224th episode of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this afternoon by Andres Bruckner. Hello, how are you? Very well, thanks, Andres. How are you? Fine, fine, too. Glad to hear it. Um, we shall get straight on with this. We're recording earlier in the afternoon because Riber Plate have a very big match uh, later on at half past seven, which we both want to be able to watch properly, and nobody could be. Uh, Nobody was available, sorry, or possibly nobody could be bothered uh, to record tomorrow evening. Most of all, I can't really be bothered to record on Thursday evenings most of the time. The weekend of action in the league that we have just had was the 13th round of the Doneo Transition, and the results went as follows Aldo CB 1, Union 1, Estudiantes 0, Newell's Old Boys 0, Patronato 2, Atletico de Rafaela 1, Colon 3, Olimpo 1. On Saturday, there were loads of games. Uh, Independiente nil, San Lorenzo 1. Belgrano 2, Quilmes 2. River nil, Vélez nil. Godoy Cruz 2, Arsenal de Sarandí nil. Huracán nil, Racing 1. Uh, Defensa Justicia nil, San Martín nil. Argentinos Juniors 1, Boca Juniors nil. That's the first time I've seen that result. Wow. Um, and on Monday, there were no games on Sunday because of International Workers' Day. Because footballers are workers as well, apparently. Um, on Monday, we had Rosario Central 0, Gimnasia y Prima La Plata 1, Tigre 0, Lanús 1, Tempele 1, Atletico Tucumán 1, and on Tuesday evening, uh, last night, we had Banfield 0, Sarmiento de Junín 0. So, a few more goals than the round of Clásicos. Surprise, surprise. Um, I think a few fewer still than we had got used to. Um... In fact, yeah, still just under two per game. In fact, just under one and a half per game the last weekend just gone, but still more than in in round 12. So round 12 appears to have had a lasting effect. Yes. It's a shame. Yes, the number of goals uh, that used to, to be one, well, I think the racing uh, couple of games in which there were nine, nine yeah. games each, uh, now they, they are all gone because uh, they only scored one, but they didn't concede any, so... It was quite different uh, in that aspect, hmm. uh, with a, an only goal from Roger Martinez, which like an optimistic of goals, uh, like uh, Bianchi used to say about Palermo, yeah. the former Boca striker. And, but I think that the most remarkable thing in this uh, round, uh, or a couple of rounds, is the Rosario Central uh, power that has been fading, because... Uh, I remember four or five rounds ago, we said, or at least I thought, they they will be fighting for the title in uh, the, the Primera División, and then, uh, uh, apart from that, to, to have possibilities in the Copa Libertadores, at least to uh, to access the round of 16, which they have done, and they are with the 
huge possibility to uh, to to go even to the uh, quarterfinals because they have won against Gremio in Porto Alegre, which mm. is hard, very very difficult. But uh, talking about, of course, the the the, the torneo de transición, uh, it's strange how they have been going down and down. Uh, uh, now, at, uh, so down that they are now, I think, uh, out of the of the possibilities to 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 get uh, the, the the title. I think you're right. They're sixth in Group One, um, with 19 points, and Godoy Cruz are top with uh, 27, and there are three games to go. So. Central aren't mathematically out of it just yet, but if they don't win this weekend, or if Godoy Cruz do win this weekend, um, then Central will be out of the title race, which is a surprise, like you say. I mean, it's only a few weeks ago that they, st- they still seem to be leading the way. Um, Godoy Cruz, with a very, very good 2-0 win over Arsenal, it's worth pointing out, of course, that Arsenal themselves um, have been a seriously informed team so far this year. So uh, Godoy Cruz uh, got a very good win with a fantastic goal from Jaime Ayoli. I was going to say that uh, we, we uh, strangely choose a man of the match, man of the of the of the round, perhaps not of the match. Uh, but in this case, I think that the, no doubt that we we should choose uh, Jaime Ayoli as, as the. Uh, well, he scored a brilliant one and then uh, got a brilliant assistance to Suki, Fernando Suki, mm. the, the, the scorer of the other goal, who, apart from scoring that goal, has been linked with River to be signed for uh, by them uh, until from June. Uh, I don't know whether it's real or it's just smoke because there are a lot of rumors when June is, is coming. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, Achobi in this match was. Uh, super, which was uh, a, a, a scoring magnificent one, and then, as I said, assisting Suki for uh, for another one, and being uh, uh, firm firm there in the, in the in the top of the league in the, in the group. I, I will say. Yeah, it's worth um, mentioning, possibly correcting myself from a week or two ago when I said that have to be a playoff. Goal difference is going to separate the teams in the tops of the group. Um, this in this championship. Um, so Godoy Cruz's goal difference is very important. They've got a goal difference of plus 12. They're level on points with San Lorenzo, who have a goal difference of plus 4. San Lorenzo managed to keep the pace, at least points-wise, um, with that 1-0 win against Independiente. We had Godoy Cruz against Arsenal, which was first versus third at the start of the weekend. And also at the start of the weekend, San, um, Independiente San Lorenzo was fourth versus second. So two really entertaining games in Group 1. And Independiente San Lorenzo was... Did you watch it? I only parts of it. Uh, I, I missed the goal, but but then I, I watched it, uh, of course after after the match, and yes, it was very 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 good uh, uh, build goal. But um, was what I was going to say that I forgot. <laughs> the match, yeah. the match as a whole. I'll carry on talking while you try and remember. Yeah. Oh, it was a uh, maybe a little less open than I've been hoping for. I was uh, Independiente have, have been perhaps a little stodgier this year uh, than they often had in the past but the fact that they needed really to win to, to keep their title ambitions up and also to keep their Copa Libertadores ambitions up because with the top two teams in the group uh, being the only ones who qualify a, a win there a, a defeat there sorry or a draw wouldn't have done them very much use I thought they were going to perhaps put a bit more into it um, but overall I mean the quality of the match at least was fine just excitement wise I think it could have been better um we shall move on to the rest of the big five. Yes. 
until I don't remember what he's going to say uh, about that one. Uh, Racing, obviously the rest of the big five really were all putting out reserve lineups. Racing uh, got a 1 0 win away to Huracan, um, who themselves put out uh, um, pretty much a substitute lineup. Uh, Roger Martinez was the scorer of the only goal in that one. It was a pretty poor one, that game. Yes, uh, well, then we will, of course, mention about Huracan uh, losing. Last night, but it will be another another part of the mm. of the episode. But yes, uh, they both were, uh, and, and it was another match in which both teams, like it happened with River Boca last uh, Super Clasico, that they were both thinking more in the. Uh, I I I think they were listening, uh, thinking more in the in the uh, Copa Libertadores uh, match than in the that that one in which they didn't. Uh, Racing could have uh, grabbed. Uh, well, they, they, they did won that match. Uh, if they won it, they had won it, which happened. Uh, they will keep a, 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 a little hope to, to continue carrying uh, for, uh, to the fight for the title. But then, but the Huracan, they uh, were completely out of it, of course. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I, I say again about Roger Martinez, who is... Like a, like a special shocker. It's like a kind of shocker because they uh, Saba puts it, puts him in the in the in the matches and and he uh, if doesn't if he doesn't score a goal he does something uh, yeah. always. Yeah, it's been um, one of the continuing confusing things about watching Racing. I guess why Martinez hasn't started more. I'm going to correct you one small thing. They're both out of the title race. Um, oh, really? Or and Racing now both have twenty points and uh, top of Group Two. Uh, Lanús with 34 points with just three games to go so 14 clear obviously Lanús are running away with that one they are going to secure their place in fact in the final this coming weekend if they win uh, because they're seven points clear of Estudiantes in second and obviously after this weekend only six left to play for Um, Lanús got another win they had to dig deep for it it was 1-0 away to Tigre if I remember correctly I think I said earlier didn't I? 1-0 with some with a Jose San penalty 21 minutes in um can you say anything about that match? Because I missed yes, all I, of it. Yes, I missed it too. But I, I remember what I was going to ask, not to say. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask what happened. Because in this case, I, I don't remember if we have mentioned that in previous episodes. Right now, Guadalupe and Sorenzo are showing top. What happens if this ends like, like that? Uh, then the goal difference. The goal difference. Play, no, yeah. There is no playoff. No, no, there, there's no playoff for the playoff as such. Um, it will just be goal difference. There will be a playoff if the bottom two teams in the relegation table finish exactly level on, on average points, which at the moment they are. Um, Sarmiento's draw and Argentinos Juniors rather surprising win over a admittedly reserved Boca Juniors lineup um, means that those two teams are dead level at the bottom of the promedio table at the moment. Um, neither Boca nor River managed a goal at the weekend. River's reserves did everything but score, really, at home to Vélez. It was a much better performance than the first team had managed in um, in Quito the week before. Obviously, the altitude wasn't as, as high, um, but it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team River put out this evening. Obviously, by the time you hear this, we'll be talking about last night. Um, but it, it was interesting, of course. If you want, I will, I will perhaps say something more mm. uh, uh, ahead in the, in, in the episode. But... Uh, Gallardo did something. Uh, it doesn't. It, it isn't that I, I asked him because I, I don't know him in person, uh, and I didn't ask him 
Hey, okay, put some kids, try to uh, make debut some some kids like Andrade or or uh, well, well, or, or try to make Vega play a bit more. Uh, well, they did it and they did it well. That is something good in in order to keep some hopes in order to to uh, say that there are, there are kids, there are y young players that. Uh, in the future, we'll do something different in, in, in the first division. Uh, Tomas Andrade hit a, 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 a shot in the post, and the same as Vega. Yes, Vega with the header, uh, which are, are products from the from the minor divisions from from, from River, and, and it's good for them to. Uh, well, in this case, in the case of Andrade, it was his debut. In the case of Vega, wasn't, but to. Uh, Play matches to be to feel what is to to play there in, in, in putting on a t-shirt which is heavy uh, and well uh, that is the good th point about that match which was uh, same as Bocas uh, with a more one more man one more man than their the rival because in Vélez there was a Fauto Grisho the one who was sent off mm. and River couldn't break their their defense so uh, it was similar similar case yeah. Um, I was rather surprised to hear that it was Andrade's first team debut. I've been hearing his name mentioned loads of times, and I assumed that. I mean, I don't pay sort of that much attention at times, even to the games that I'm watching. So I assumed he must have come off the bench a few times, um, and I hadn't noticed him on the pitch before. But uh, apparently, this was his first team debut. I, I think so. I have mentioned him here uh, six months ago or, or so, uh, saying that he was going on loan to Bournemouth in. Mm. In, the, in England, uh, and he apparently couldn't adapt uh, properly and, and came back, uh, and finally was taking taking into account to 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 play there uh, in, in first division, of course, uh, because uh, the, the the main uh, the, the starting lineup the the main starting lineup was being uh, reserved for for the match that he's playing tonight. Anyway, it's good for them because they they feel pressure. They are uh, uh, not uh, used to playing in, in, in an official match, and, and it's good for them to 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 release pressure because uh, Andrade, in fact, when the match finished, uh, of course, cried out that it was a dream for him to to make his debut. He, that he couldn't believe have, uh, he didn't know what he should have done if. If the if he had scored that goal that they hit in the post, it's, so it's there are little little hopes for the for the future for, for me. Mm. Um, obviously, the context to River and Mocha and Huracan and Racing um, and Rosario Central to an extent um, fielding changed lineups at the weekend is that they were all halfway between their round of sixteen. Copa Libertadores ties, so it would be foolish of us not to mention those um, more or less linked in with the league games. Uh, River, as I mentioned last week after the theme music, lost 2-0 away to Independiente del Valle in Quito. Not sure why that game was played in Quito. I'm, I'm guessing because of the earthquake, in fact. Uh, so we are sure why, why it was played in Quito. Um, and um, obviously that complicates things, but they will be later on tonight at home to Independiente del Valle and we'll be hoping for a much improved performance. I mean, ahead of the game, and obviously this is going out after the game, so it's a bit of an awkward way to ask it, but Andres, would you like to see more of the, the kids who played at the weekend 
starting to be given first team chances for River now generally yes uh, it's the always the, it's the same situation uh, is the, the, the repeated all the time in, in, in teams that don't have a, a, a lot of money and they have to uh, uh, release players that are, uh, are are in the minor divisions, but at the same time they are perhaps uh, there is a, something we say here that is not we try to try not to burn burn them uh, to put them and then the player to not to to be prepared to, to do so and uh, to not not to perform at their best possibilities. Mm. Um, something like that happens uh, really happens and. Uh, it is hard for the coach not to uh, to put a player there uh, who is a kid and, and uh, with the responsibility it, it takes and uh, to have co- uh, continuous uh, presentations because um, uh, there are players that have more experience than them and, and, and uh, in the moment in which River is not uh, having good good performance it's, it's good for them to well uh, to be there with them, to, to learn, to, to have the experience, uh, little by little, of course. Not I'm not asking to for Andrade to be uh, to be in the starting lineup in the in the following match, but uh, provided he showed something like the the Boba, the, the that famous play, but but mm. by Alessandro, the dumb one, I think we could say, it. Uh, and he did it, and it was okay. Well, the uh, the sorry, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, in fact, Gallardo, when Andrade told what Gallardo said, uh, told him when before before uh, uh, jumping into the pitch was, "You enjoy, uh, try to have fun." Mm-hmm. Well, that would be good for other kids and, of course, all of the players to to have fun and to try to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, then when responsibilities are higher, they they. When they try to make a tunnel, they will be said, "Hey, come on, pass the ball. You, you are, if you, you are a morphon." Mm. Uh, that is pro- that is possible. So that's why they have to be little by little to to, to be introduced in the team, uh, uh, little by little, not to be like we say here to be burned. Yeah. We have had uh, one Argentine elimination already from the Copa Libertadores. That was Huracan on Tuesday night, who went out um, in acrimonious circumstances, I think is probably the best way of putting it, against Atletico Nacional. We will talk about that in the second half of the podcast after the break. Um, But I wanted to go back as well to, to the league teams and just have a look at the relegation battle, first of all, because we mentioned it very briefly earlier, with regard to Sarmiento and Argentinos, who are now tied on exactly 0.953 points per match, um, which means that, as it stands, they will have to play a playoff to decide which of those teams goes down. But there are several other teams who are not very much further above them. Um, Temperley and Atletico de Rafaela, and I think Defensa Justicia are all still in the race. There is a very good stats account which I've just remembered and should have brought up sooner um, about, stats. about stats there is something very particular about the the match uh, in which Argentinos beat Boca mm-hmm. uh, the goal scored by Bueno because Carlos Bueno has, has this in this same tournament played for Sarmiento right. now 
and now both both are competing not to be relegated. Yeah. So it's that is uh, strange. Yes, that, that's a very good point. Um, he was, of course, as we discovered a couple of weeks ago, or as I discovered because I hadn't realised he'd moved. Um, he was sacked from Sarmiento uh, for going out on the town, and um, thereafter moved to Argentinos on a free and. <laughs> and is now helping them to possibly finish above Sarmiento. Uh, I've got this stat account wrong. It wasn't this one. It was one of the others. Uh, there's somewhere, there's a table. Um, oh, I don't remember which one it is now. Which just outlines very simply how many points each team needs to stay up. Okay, so the teams, all of them, unusually for a relegation battle, depend on themselves. It's in their own hands in every case. Um, I'm sure that part of that, at least, is because there's only one spot for the drop. But if they get these number of points, then they will definitely be safe. Sarmiento and Argentinos Juniors both require nine points from their remaining three matches. Atletico de Rafael and Tempele both require seven points from their remaining matches. Patronato need two, and Defensa Justicia need one. Um... Obviously, some of them are playing each other still, which is why uh, they all rely on themselves. And the addition to that is that uh, if Patronato and Sarmiento draw this weekend, uh, Patronato will be safe in spite of only having picked up one of the two points they need, because obviously it will mean Sarmiento can't catch them. Um, and all you've got to do is make sure that one of the teams can't catch you in this in this race. Um, so it's it's confusing. We already know this, especially if you're a new listener and you don't... But that, that means that Sarmiento and Argentina Juniors both need to win all of the matches that are uh, going to be played. Yeah. They, they need nine points and they, 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 that is the number of points that are remaining. So, uh, Precisely. And they are playing... I, I don't know when they've still got to play each other or they haven't. So if they both win all three matches, then... Somebody else goes down, clearly, either Atletico de Rafaela or uh, the other one who requires seven, I would guess. Um, but, yeah, very, very strange. But every team has still got it in their own hands to stay up. Nobody's relying on any results from anyone else. Um, of course, they are relying on results from themselves, which is a bit worrying because they're all not very good, which is why they're down there. Yes. But, but I think that that depends, uh, if I'm not wrong, on how... Uh, of course, they depend on, their, on themselves, but, for example, if Sarmiento wins... Next match, and Argentinos lose it, loses it. Uh, then Argentinos will be, of course, the one who should be relegated, and Sarmiento wouldn't. Mm. In that case, uh, uh, for Sarmiento, it wouldn't be necessary to win. No, no, sure. I mean, this is this is as it currently stands, yes, obviously. Of um, that, but yeah, it, it was an interesting uh, yeah. situation that, that we had ended up in. So it's just the bottom six teams, or is it five? Five, six. Oh, six, of course, because Patronato are way up the table at the moment, but can drop a load of points because they've only got one season on the table. Um, so, yeah, just those bottom six teams um, and the others in between Defensa Justicia and Patronato in the table, namely Quilmes, Huracan, Olimpo, Colón and Arsenal, all of whom are below Patronato in the relegation table. None of them can be, actually be relegated this year. Um, this is how silly the Argentine relegation system is. Um Right, other stuff to talk about from the weekend. Is there anything that's happened off Superliga, the pitch that missed? About Superliga, isn't uh, no I thought about uh, eliminating the the, the the average, the promedios. Uh, oh, that's a good point. I've not seen that mentioned. No. I don't think that they've 
really considered it very much um, at all, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I'm trying to think about whether there was anything else that happened off the pitch whilst we were away, whilst we were looking at football on the pitch over the weekend, and I can't think of anything. Um, so I think this is the appropriate time. It is going to be a short episode this week, isn't it? To take a half-time break um, and to recharge our... Mate. Uh, mate. Uh, because we're not on Fernet today. So, don't go anywhere. subject of discussion in the second part is going to be Huracan's exit from the Copa Libertadores on Tuesday night which um, came about as a result of a 4-2 defeat away to Atletico Nacional in Medellin uh, after a 0-0 draw in Paco Patricios last week we thought that Huracan were very well placed possibly to progress um, or at least to make things interesting and I think it's fair to say that it was an interesting match Huracan maybe didn't get the rub of the green um, do you think that the refereeing was corrupt or incompetent or a bit of both, Andres? Well, uh, the f- last week there was a Mexican referee that I don't remember the the, the match in which it was involved. That they said that it was a long time since they he didn't uh, uh, he didn't play, uh, and now there was a Venezuela referee from Venezuela, Argote, I think it was. Uh, that I think it was just inco- I, I can't say it was corrupt uh, because I don't have of course the the, the, the proof but uh, yes uh, at least incompetent because um, until the Huracan equalizer uh, scored by by Espinosa at that point Huracan was qualifying to the to the quarterfinals because it was uh, the, uh, that result one one was. Uh, decide would have decided who would have decided that for the away goals Huracan qualified and, and after that uh, there was a, a sentence, uh, following decisions by the referee that uh, clearly uh, were uh, bad for Huracan uh, and in, of course incorrect uh, fundamentally the the, the, send, the red card for Mancinelli who uh, Barely touched uh, the the Colombian player, and he fall, fell as if as if Mancinelli would have kicked, knocked him out, uh, uh, punched him, punched him, and and, and uh, that red card, of course, uh, made things very difficult for Rakan, of, of course. Um, and there was another penalty. Uh, the first penalty yes. was the bizarre one, yeah. and then, as you say, the elbow. Um, that and uh, Mancinelli the the red card which didn't actually get thrown. Um, then there was some accusations from the uh, Iraqan players saying that the referee insulted them, which was of course was, uh, as well as he if, if he were corrupt I can't prove it. The same as the insults I I can't mm-hmm. I, uh, nobody heard that but but what we did I mean yeah. what was shown on TV was that at one point the referee. Uh, ran up to to Abila and, and sort of chest bumped him and was getting in his face and yelling at him. 
which isn't the best event management if if refereeing is essentially event management. Um, and the other thing is is that obviously if if Marcos Diaz, the Huracan goalkeeper's claims about being sworn at are, are true, I think you have to hold the referees to a higher standard or at least as higher standard as as the players in that regard because otherwise they you know the, the players are going to go with with with, with the example that they, that they pick up there yes if um, you are the authority and want to be respected and will want to be treated as, a, as an authority you have to behave like that precisely like, like you are particularly yes. when you're the representative of the organizing uh, body as, as it were uh Urakan, um president uh, naput is talking at the moment about no, Naduro. Uh, Naduro. Naduro, sorry, Naputs. Na, Naput is the Conmebol's. Yes, it's Conmebol president, you're quite right. Uh, <laughs> Uracan President Maduro is talking about uh, complaining to Naput um, and indeed to FIFA about the treatment that they got. He said that they don't want to, um, to uh, underestimate or to take the, the, the shine away from Atletico Nacional's uh, achievement that they they respect what the uh, what their op- what their opponents did, or rather, what their opponents have, have, have you know managed to do um, so far in the competition. But that uh, they felt that they, as a club, and, and, and their players deserve better treatment from from the officials. And I think, at least in some way, that's um, pretty clear. I mean, I don't for for once, I don't think anybody's sort of laughing at what I can for this. Everybody here, at least, seems to be saying, you know what, actually, Abila says something that I think has some sense, which is that the, the ones who are to blame are the fat ones uh, w- that, w- that are wearing suits yeah. uh, because of the Cormebol board member, and, and I think he's right. And not, not only Cormebol, we have to, of course, look inside to look what happens here in Argentina and, and what, do they, what do they do and what they, do they support, who, they, who do they support, and, 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 and well, if here, every, everything that surrounds up is untidy and is a mess and is not good we have we can't pretend for Conmebol to do something different because compound uh, Conmebol is compounded by Argentina Brazil Paraguay Uruguay and the corruption is everywhere and not only here and not and, and Conmebol is like a, a is a, a, a total uh, but compounded by by Argentina Uruguay Paraguay and and, and well, uh, it's, we we can't uh, uh, expect something different from there when here things are are not different. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the other issue, moving on from Oracan, we wish that we could have obviously brought you more news from the Libertadores knockout stages, but some of it's going to have to wait until next week uh, because the fact that we record in the middle of the week means that we're always going to be recording in the middle of, of those knockout ties at times. Uh, obviously. I will be back after uh, the end of the theme music at the end of the show to let you know how River Plate get on later on and also how Racing get on. They are away to um, Atletico Mineiro um, after the River match uh, later on tonight. Um, but the other thing that we wanted to discuss is the national team because we have a squad list for the Copa America Centenario. It's very exciting. Um Gerardo Martino has, has submitted his list to Conmebol. Uh, it's more of a short list, in fact. It's not really a squad list. It's a list of, is it 40 players? It's a big list of 40 players and then will be reduced to 23. Mm. Uh, but apparently Conmebol needed that list now when we are one month to go to the yeah. start of the Copa America Centenario, which is the third 
of Kuhn. So it'll be reduced later on, and Andres is going to read the players to you. Yes. Uh, which are uh, more reasonable in terms of the... Of course, they are play all, all of the players, or more, most of them, uh, older than 23. They are uh, just 23, sorry. Well, uh, the, the goalkeepers are Sergio Romero, Jerónimo uh, Rulli, Nahuel Guzmán, uh, Agustín Marquesín and Mariano Andújar, which are, I think, okay. normal ones, yeah. nothing surprising. Then, the, the, um, the defenders are Matteo Musacchio, Facundo Roncaglia, Gonzalo Rodríguez, Marcos Rojo, Pablo Zabaleta, Nicolás Otamendi, Martín de Michelis, Ramiro Funes Mori, Ezequiel Garay, Emanuel Mas, Milton Casco, Gabriel Mercado, Jonathan Maidana, Lionel Bangioni and Javier Pinara. Okay. Uh, so Sabalet is in, in spite of the injury that kept him out against Madrid today. Yes, well, it was this, released on Monday. Ah, okay, um, sorry. Uh, so I, I there is a, an injury, perhaps. Okay. Uh, but it's one month anyway to, to go, so mm -hmm. we should wait. But the perhaps strange thing here is Martin de Michelis, who he had said uh, that against Bolivia was going to be the yeah, last he did, match. Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. That match in national team, he's called being called up. Uh, then the midfielders are Javier Macherano, Augusto Fernandez, Matias Craneviter, Ever Banega, Enzo Pérez, Lucas Viglia, Roberto Pereira, Eric Lamela, Javier Pastore, and this is a big surprise, I think, Ido Pizarro from Tigres. Oh, Mexico. Okay. Uh, I liked Pizarro when it was at uh, Lanús. Yes, it's, yes. It's, uh, it's, I think he his will be his debut, or perhaps he has played any friendly. I don't remember. I don't think he has, but I might be mistaken. Well, and the forwards? And the uh, forwards are Lionel Messi, of course, Angel Correa, Gonzalo Higuaín, Paulo Dybala, Sergio Agüero, Angel Di Maria, who is here putting the as a forward, but Nicolás mm -hmm. um, Gaitán. Ezequiel Lavezzi, Carlos Tevez, and Lautaro Acosta. Lautaro Acosta? Again, in the list. Okay. But as we say, as it is said, the list will be reduced. I, I, I would think that Lautaro Acosta will be there and could be Cardi, I don't know. There was some discussion around there, here. There's been who, quite a lot of discussion. Uh, yes. Particularly, Martino seems to be talking about him every five minutes with one media. Uh, publication or, or radio station or whatever or the other and I have to admit that at times when I've been seeing the quotes from Martino I have started to feel as if my Spanish is woefully inadequate because there are times when I read them and I can't work out what the bloody hell he's saying he seems to be saying it's all perfect it's all 10 out of 10 everybody knows exactly what I think about Icardi and everybody knows what I should think about Icardi and then that's it's, all you hear and it's like wasn't, well wasn't clear what does that mean um can you shed any light at all, Andres, on, on what Gerardo Martino thinks of Mauro Icardi and, and whether he should be in the squad or shouldn't he? He, he repeatedly said that all this thing, all this stuff about the, the, the social media, the social networks in which Mauro Icardi is constantly publishing photographs and, and, and stuff with, with Wanara, his, his wife, uh, aren't good and uh, that, that exposition, exposition is not good for for a national team player, and uh, but he re he uh, realized 
or he admitted that well his season say, talking about strictly football has been brilliant or very good 20 something goals in, in, the, in the season which is reasonable it's good for a striker yeah uh, and uh, if he should put his eye strictly on that Icardi should uh, have a possibility I don't know if Copa America if, if Olympic Games but uh, Carlos Tevez is there and, and, and Icardi isn't so mm. it's it's uh, something to discuss about and we have speaking of what you just mentioned we have a question which I shall skip ahead now and I'll ask it now instead of in the normal question section from Barney H who asks the presence of Carlos Tevez in the Argentina preliminary Copa squad will he actually go I think he will he went to the I, last one and then he barely played when he was there so yes, yes I think it's like a, put him in there I think stuff. it's a, like a, a second part or a con- it continues the, the list uh, from the, that he released for the uh, match against Bolivia for the for the qualifiers mm. uh, and he call, calls again Lautaro Costa and um, Carlos Tevez well Carlos Tevez wasn't there but for example Lautaro Costa because there were strikers that uh, weren't available like well uh, not striker but Di Maria wasn't playing and and he called finally Lautaro Costa but and, well, Gaitan was uh, was uh, injured too. Uh, there was player some uh, some players injured, and he uh, he called up Lautaro Costa because he was playing really good in Danus. It wasn't, yeah, I think uh, he was he was deserved in that at, that at that point. We have to see what happens from now on to to, to June when the, the, the tournament in Argentina will be decided, and mm. whether Lautaro Costa continues to play at that level because we know that. Uh, the players that play in local league in Argentina have to be more to do more than the ones playing in Europe to yeah. be considered. Uh, Not by the press, but by yes. the manager. Yes, um, which is as it should be, which I think is is, is fair enough. Um, it is going to be interesting to see whether Tevez does go, and indeed whether Ricardi is a late inclusion or whatever. Um, but we will have to wait and see for the moment. Um, any other? things that we, we've covered Oracan, we've covered the national team what do we think let's do this for fun and particularly the first two um, given that we are by the time this, this goes online you'll already know the results what do we think of River and Racing's chances tonight very briefly I'm pessimistic for River I have to say um, Racing I think have a decent chance so to Atletico Mineiro if they can get an early goal, it, it's going to all depend on that because the away goal can change everything, of course, as we discovered. Um, and as was flying around, particularly on my Twitter t- timeline, uh, yesterday on Tuesday after Atletico Madrid um, qualified against Bayern uh, in the European Cup, um, I think that Racing will scrape through. And I think, based on what we've seen from them this year, I'm going to have to say I think River are going to go out. Um, unfortunately, well, if you if we talk about the the performances and, and the way River is playing, uh, I should be pessimistic too. Uh, of course, the Gallardo uh, said that he will he will wait or he will expect the players to be rebel to have to take out their their inner inner fire to put it in in, in 
in, in other words and uh, Racing has the, the advantage of not having conceded goals playing home uh, so the same situation that Independiente del Valle has that will come to play to Argentina with uh, a 2-0 advantage mm. which is uh, very good for them to score a goal and, and, and uh, make River to score four for example uh, um, because uh, a two goal difference with Independiente del Valle scoring one will uh, make River to, to have a difference of three goals mm. and Racing has that advantage too because they, it was a, a draw but the best the best of all draws as home condition is nil-nil of course because if you like yeah. you said uh, getting a, an, an, an early goal or, or not early getting any goal will of course make uh, Mineiro to be obliged to score two and yes it's it's difficult it's very very difficult to, to say uh, uh, to, to really say what will happen with River because uh, if you talk about the level of play yes they are not in a, in a position to, to to win the Copa or to to get to the finals no and yet Part of the reason that they're expected to be is that so frequently they've raised their game when they really need to under Gachardo. So we'll see what happens. Um, Boca Juniors uh, got a 2-1 win away to Cerro Porteño last week and back in La Bombonera and with a, a one-goal advantage already, I think you'd have to make them favourites to go through. And likewise, Rosario Central, I would think, are already in the quarterfinal, really. They beat Gremio 2-0 in Porto Alegre last week. Very impressive performance oh, from them. Was it 1-0? Yes, 1-0. Oh, sorry, yeah, you're right, it was, wasn't it? Um, but I would still, even though they only scored half the number of away goals that I thought they had done, uh, I would still make them favourites. The one who scored two was Boca, but they won 2-1. Mm. But they have a, a, lot of, a lot of injuries, and some of them uh, key injuries, injured players like Lodeiro, who has been uh, playing uh, much better than he, he was in the, in the past. Yeah. In fact, he scored second goal in, in Paraguay in Cerro, mm. and he has been injured, and he will lose, he will miss the rest of the semester. Yes, which is going to be a big loss for them. Um, they may have a tougher time in the quarter final, but I would think that they will be okay in La Bombonera um, in the second leg, at least. I think that's on Thursday late. Uh, is it Central early? Ten, I think Central of the early match in Boca, the late match on Thursday evening. Um, don't go away when we come back after this next bit of music we will answer your questions questions uh, the other thing to mention that we didn't already mention because we didn't realise is that today the uh, that is Wednesday the uh, 30th of final of the Copa Liber- uh, the Copa Libertadores the Copa Argentina um, have started that's the last 64 in, in proper English um, already we've had one massive earth shaking shock um, which is that Colón have exited the competition they've lost 1-0 to Almagro in Arsenal de Sarandí Stadium, 
um, which means that Almagro go through to the 16th of final, or the last 32. At 10 o'clock this evening, Independiente play San Telmo in the Estadio Antonio Romero. Any idea where that is? Formosa, because I am really... Oh, really? Oh, yes, it's there on the screen, isn't it? Of course, anyway. Um, Well done. Uh, So Independiente play San Telmo in Formosa. I will try and remember to mention the result of that match as well as the result of the other two matches um, when I come back up to the end theme music to let you know how they got on. Copa Argentina, what... We have been talking. We haven't been talking about uh, uh, very much about that because uh, it hasn't been played. It's been played. bloody impossible to follow it this year. They've, they've taken loads of teams out as well. And yes, but sorry, it it will it could become very very important. I say rare, but for any team because it will give another room for the mm. Copa Libertadores. And of course, if River uh, gets out of it tonight or quarterfinals or even in the final. Uh, that will be the only chance uh, remaining to go to the Copa Libertadores of next year since in the tournament of the Torneo de Transición yeah. was the far away. Yeah, that'll be for the 2018, yes. uh, oh sorry, the, the 2016-17 domestic season will be qualifying for the 2018 uh, Libertadores, not the 2017 one. And we have a related question to that. So you're doing a fantastic job of accidentally segueing into listeners' questions today, Andres. Well done. Because okay. uh, JB Boxing Promotions... Um, asks, is it a disaster for the AFA that none of the big teams are going to make the 2017 Copa Libertadores? No, I think it's the short answer. Uh, it's, happened, it's, a disaster. it's happened plenty of times in the last few years. I mean, I think this year and maybe last year were relatively unusual in that a high number of the big five were in the Copa. Obviously this year four of them are, Independiente are the only one who aren't. Um, so I wouldn't say disaster. It may or may not be treated that way in the media and also given the context, of course, of the upper presidential race. It reflects, of course, the, the way that the Argentine football is being managed uh, because it's different, for example, uh, that what happens in England when the Premier League that has been won by, by Leicester or Leicester. How, will it, how will it is it pronounced? In English, it's pronounced Leicester. Leicester. Uh, I, I got a tweet today. I tweeted the Real Academia Española. Uh, which Spanish speakers will be familiar with. It, it's the, the body that proscribes exactly how you have to speak Spanish to everybody in the Spanish-speaking world. We don't really have an equivalent in England because we're not as uh, dictatorial, I suppose. Uh, famously, of course, British people have never done anything like that. Um, but, um, yeah, I tweeted them yesterday to, because there was a, Pagani was arguing with somebody on Teise saying, I say it Leicester because that's how it's said in Spanish. And I thought this was a bit ridiculous, so I tweeted the Real Academia and said... How do you say Leicester in Spanish? And they responded today by saying in Spanish it is pronounced Leicester. Ah. So three syllables, Leicester um, is, is the... So the, the incorrect pronunciation is in Spanish, the correct pronunciation. Oh, if you are talking in Spanish, you say Leicester. Apparently, but if you yeah. talk, talk in English, you say Leicester. I don't course. think I'm going to be able to bring myself to do it. I think I'm going to continue to call them Leicester. But anyway, yes. carry on, Andres. Uh, now, I, I will... Uh, difference what happened with Leicester, that they have won the... First time in history, a, a first division tournament, the Premier League. Uh, to what happens here in, in terms of the competition that is, is in, in football, because uh, teams are are very very badly uh, managed. Not, in not the cases as, as in, for example, uh, teams like in Europe in England, which uh, they have a lot of money, but they if they are they are uh, bad manage, badly managed, they go down to the to the second division they are they they are punished they become relegated not like 
like here when uh, teams or the, the, the board members and the directors can, can make a disaster and they aren't punished. Uh, so it's not a disaster for Argentine football, but it's a disaster of any team, particularly. I think if they don't qualify or they aren't good enough to, to get to the Copa. Yeah, and the Big Five, of course, have a big say within the AFA. That's why they're the Big Five. Um, and no doubt will be uh, complaining and trying to pressure and, and force the AFA to do things that will allow them to compete more evenly next year. I think to an extent they will be on a better, um, in a better position to, to compete next year anyway because this year it's been partly a symptom of the, the very congested fixture list um, along with the Copa Libertadores, which has not allowed those teams to, to compete in, in, on both fronts as easily. Um, but thank you for the question, JB. Arsenal Fanatic asks, how much was expected from Diego Simeone when he first started managing back in Argentina? I, I say that uh, every person has... the, 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 the There is a place for every person in which they feel more comfortable than in other places. And, and, and Simeone, if there is a place, and he's, has been demonstrating that, where he will be great things is in Atletico de Madrid and he's showing mm. that and of course he became champions with the River then they, they finished uh, in the last position after that championship same uh, thing also happened with the Estudiantes before he went to River yes they, they, he left Estudiantes just before the end of the following championship yes they, they won that very badly that incredible final against Boca uh, with the Estudiantes they, they, they his uh, uh, when he was at uh, San Lorenzo, he was not that good, but uh, they, they are his his place, the place for him where he could show all his uh, atti- attitude is Atletico Madrid, and, and mm-hmm. I think that that is uh, the 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 place where he he feels better. Uh, though he said that he uh, there will be some time he he will be the coach of Inter another team in which he, he played uh, we don't know when will when will that be but now right now he's uh, at the place he wants to be and the place where is lets him uh, show all, all of his uh, his couple of, of doing so yeah yeah the the other thing to add is when he first started managing here it was a few games into the season for racing and he was still playing and he actually retired from playing in order to take up a caretaker manager job at Racing because they had a disastrous start and they sacked their manager who was I can't remember who it was Um, but that was his first gig in management and so to an extent it was a very pressure free start because he was taking over I mean to to another extent of course it's a big five club you've got to get them out in the doldrums but really they were doing so badly already that he he had a relatively. Um, I wasn't here at the time, but I was already following Argentine football from afar. And to me, it seemed as if he had a relatively, I guess, as gentle a baptism as you can have when your first job in charge is a big five club. And considering the place that Racing were in at the time, um, and then of course he went to Estudiantes and and, uh, and started winning things and sort of getting towards the Diego Simeone we're all familiar with. You can you can say he's uh, he, the football the their teams. Play is not brilliant. It's not. A, it doesn't get your eyes. Uh, mean you you don't get full of football. But uh, the players that Simeone has in their teams are fully committed with the team all the time. It's mm. uh, and, and that is not very easy to to get uh, or to achieve. Uh, players are, are 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 running the the ninety minutes of the of the of the matches 
are uh, fully committed, as I said, and and they, they are tactically uh, understand what to do all the time in, in every matches. Of course, then you have uh, uh, things like the uh, ball that uh, an assistant of him threw to the to the pitch against Malaga, for example. Something things that are tricky or or, or, or hitting one of the club officials last yes. night. And, yeah, uh, that is controversial, perhaps, but. Uh, about about the the way he uh, players shows show them, themselves to the team and they are uh, they, 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 the way they they, be, they behave with their teammates it's really really uh, really spectacular hmm. uh, central european time has tweeted in to say uh, no more no, there's no question he just says we want mr Andres and by popular demand by thanks to that one tweet uh, Andres is going to become Mystic next week, he said. He wants a, a week's advance notice to actually make up his mind about his predictions. So this week, because I forgot to ask for any Mystic guest predictions, uh, I'll be trying something a little bit different. Um, Jose M does say, if I don't mind repeat predictors, I'll do it. Thank you very much for the offer, Jose. But uh, as I explained on, on Twitter, I'm trying to keep it to a different person each week during the championship. Uh, Roberto Rojas says who would be a surprise name who could end up in Martino's 23 man squad for the Copa America tricky well, one to answer because of course we've got the 40 man shortlist now so none of them are really going to be surprises but I guess I mean in a way none of them will be surprises I would still be a bit surprised if Lautaro Acosta actually ended up going him or, or Guido Pizarro who has been shortlisted but uh, yes as we as we say there will be a quit of 17 players and I I I I think that no neither neither uh, Costa nor Pizarro will be there in, in that list in the definite list. But yes, I think both will be surprised. Yeah, uh, Nashville asks a question that I think I'm going to sort of skip over a little bit uh, now. But I just want to acknowledge it first of all, so he knows that we have seen it and we'll get to it. Uh, in later episodes he says I'd like a general analysis of why River of Shit would be good if not already done to death um, I would say that doing that immediately before a River match which will have been played by the time this goes online and which might uh, prove something of a renaissance if River get lucky um, is a bit dangerous for us so rather than risk invalidating a whole 5 or 10 minute chunk of the episode I think what we're going to do is wait until um, the inevitable post-mortem is actually required uh, yes. Because I don't think it's going to be too we much. We will longer. talk shit about River and perhaps they win, they win for nil. Right Precisely, now. yeah. Um, so I would prefer to to wait until the end of the season uh, or until maybe you know if they got the of the Libertadores tonight, then possibly next week, and then sort of discuss the issues in a little more depth that way rather than uh, using up the question section, the question in, and answer section. But uh, we will get to it. Don't in worry. favor of this team, when I say this team, I mean Gallardo mm-hmm. era. Uh, we, I have to say that. The key matches, the matches in which were uh, they they played everything in, in a single match. Those matches River were which better played. They, yep. play, they played the best. Uh, of course, now the the reality tells is uh, the, the the it's it's really hard to be optimistic. But uh, yes, preferably it's preferable to talk uh, after that match than before. Precisely. Uh, so we're not ignoring in Nashville, we'll get to it, but in a future episode probably. Uh, Barney's question about the preliminary uh, list we've already asked. Uh, Tom Robinson says, are there any predictions for a surprise package in the Copa Argentina? There are still 64, well, there are 63 yes. teams, because as we say, Colón have well, gone out. Um, Almagro is one it. of the surprises, I think, because they beat, they beat a, a, a 
anyway Colón is not that uh, uh, excellent uh, is not a uh, good doing good things in the first division but anyway they are uh, they are uh, in the first division and Almagro is in the national B Primera B Nacional in the middle of the table I think so it's mm. it's a surprise already I'm slightly confused to find that Aldo Civi versus Moron has already been apparently drawn in it's going to be played tomorrow and it's part of the last 32 not the last 64 so that seems a bit peculiar but uh, there we go uh, but yes yeah, the price package is in the Copa Argentina potentially everybody um, really <laughs> sorry for the very lazy answer um, and oh that's it those are all of the questions that we have had so without further ado we're going to get on to the mystical section this week which is going to be presented to you this week by a mystical die do not go away Okay, because I've completely forgot to ask anybody to volunteer this week, uh, this week what I'm going to do is roll a die on uh, the website random.org, which allows you to roll online dice, among many other things. Um, and we're going to do the following. If the number that comes up, I'm assuming that this is a six-sided die, I've not actually tested this out yet, so it could go horribly wrong. If the number that comes up uh, is a one or a two, I'm going to take it to mean a home win. If it's a three or a four, I'm going to take it to mean... Um, a draw, and if it's a five or a six, I shall take it to mean an away win. So, completely random uh, predictions for the 15 matches this week, and we will see whether they're better or worse, or about the same as normal. Ready? Here we go. First match is Union versus Argentinos Juniors, Now I'm going to have to note these down as I read them, so forgive me for the keyboard clacking. It's Union versus Argentinos Juniors, it's come out as a draw. The second is Quilmes versus Godoy Cruz, which is, according to the Mystic Die, also a draw. This is exciting, isn't it? The third match, Newell's Old Boys versus Defensa Justicia. Mystic Die says, home win for Newell's. Uh, San Martin versus Temperley is going to be an away win, so Temperley to win there. Vélez Sarsfield versus Colón. Die says number five, which is an away win. It would be hilarious if we actually got 15 out of 15 by doing this one. <laughs> San Lorenzo against River Plate, possibly the biggest name match of the round, uh, is going to be a draw. Racing versus Estudiantes de la Plata is an Estudiantes win. Good thing English Dan's not here with us. Arsenal versus Rosario Central is a Central win, according to the die. Lanús versus Aldo Sibi. Ooh, that's controversial. Draw. The die thinks that Aldo Sibi can get a point from Lanús. Atletico Tucumán versus Belgrano, according to the die, is going to be an Atletico Tucumán victory. Boca Juniors versus Huracan in La Bomonera will be a draw. Uh, Atletico de Rafaela at home to Tigre are going to lose. The die is predicting a Tigre victory there. 
Gimnasia, Yecrime La Plata versus Independiente is going to finish in a Gimnasia victory. Olimpo versus Banfield is a Banfield win. And that just leaves Sarmiento versus Patronato, which is going to be, drumroll please, a Patronato victory. What do you think of the dice predictions there, Andres? Well, it's clearly a polemic in, in two, at least two results. The, the uh, two of the of the leaders are, are going to to draw, and and they are yes, Godoy Cruz against Kilmes and Lanús against uh, Aldo Civi. In the circumstances, it's, a rotated Rosario Central side getting an away win against Arsenal in the form that Arsenal were in until the defeat to Godoy Cruz, I think, is controversial as well. Yes. So. Some interesting decisions um, from random.org's online die. Thank you very much to them. This wasn't an advert or anything. I just very quickly uh, googled roll dice online uh, during the break there. Um, come back next week to find out whether they're, they're correct, whether they turn out to be correct. Come back after the theme tune or just carry on listening. In fact, there's no need to skip the theme tune. It's only a couple of seconds, as you know. Um, and I will tell you what happens in River Plate against Independiente del Valle, in Atletico Mineiro versus Racing, and in Independiente against uh, whoever Independiente were playing in the Copa Argentina. San Telmo, thank you. I should have remembered. That's my local club-ish. Um, so... Thank you for that. Uh, thank you very much for listening, though, for now. And uh, it's goodbye from Andres. Goodbye. Thank you. And from me, goodbye and thank you. This evening's matches are over, and uh, it's not been a particularly good evening for Argentine clubs in the Copa Libertadores. First of all, so that I don't forget, congratulations to Independiente, who are in the 16th final of the Copa Argentina, having just beaten uh, San Telmo 2-1 in, for some reason, as I said earlier, Formosa. In the Copa Libertadores, uh, River Plate got a 1-0 win over Independiente del Valle on the night, um, with something like 35 shots and Independiente del Valle having three over the course of the match. Um, but of course 1-0 wasn't enough because Independiente del Valle got a 2-1 aggregate win and a through to the quarterfinals. Well done to them. And well done also to Atletico Mineiro who have just knocked Racing out at the same stage uh, with a 2-1 win on the night in a pretty thrilling match 